0: Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast this week is our editor, Sue Whitbread.
2: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining Brandon and I for this, our latest IFA Talk podcast. The use of platforms and technology more widely have been so transformative for the financial advice and for wealth management professions in recent years. But choosing a partner, a wealth management partner, a platform partner, isn't always a straightforward decision. So today I'm really pleased that we're going to be talking to Ian Partington. Uh, Ian is CEO at Investment Platform and Investment Software Business Third Financial. And we're going to be getting his insight about what to look for, what to ask of a potential platform partner to try and make that journey a little bit more streamlined. And to help with the process, Ian has very usefully created a six point checklist and we're going to be exploring that with him today. So, Ian, welcome to IFA Talk. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, could I ask perhaps to kick off today if you just explain a little bit about Third Financial and also about you and your role?
3: Okay, so Third Financial um, has been around since two thousand seven um, as a started out as a, as a software provider to the wealth management market. So discretionary wealth managers, family offices. Um, I joined the business in twenty twelve to help build out the back office functionality of of the system. So it was a straight through processing and could go and challenge some of the larger incumbent systems in the market. Um, and then in 2016 on the back of the success we had on the software, we launched a a regulated custodial service, um, an, an investment platform. Um, and we launched in, um, it was the end of October 2016, I, I remember it well, we received a cheque for £500,000 from our first customer to deposit <laughs> the, the client money, um, and since then we've gone from strength to strength on the investment platform side of the business, um, we've been growing, I, I took over as group chief, I was, was group chief exec at the end of 2018, uh, so I've been running the show for the last five years. Uh, and we're growing at something like 35-40% per annum revenue-wise and, and very profitable, uh, which I think is almost unique amongst platform providers these days. Um, yeah. We've certainly had a very, a very good journey. Um, my own background is I've been in the industry, it feels like forever, certainly since the late 80s. Um, started out as a, as a developer uh, at a little company called John Hemming and Company, uh, which ultimately became JHC, which was then acquired by FNZ i'm going to say 3 or 4 years ago something like that um but i've been involved with various uh, platforms over the years I set up my own platform business which um I, I i sold back in 2010 um in 2011 i launched the uk's first cash management platform uh, can be called governor money I was part of the founding team at, at, at that venture and that's a model that's subsequently been copied by people like flagstone mm-hmm. insignis Raisin, and even Harvey's landsdown they they copied our idea as well and obviously uh with their captive client base uh, have made quite a go of it. Um, um, and so, yeah, so I've been in, in, the, in the business a long time. Third Financial has been around 15, 16 years. Um, so we've both got established track records in the in the industry. And third, we say we started really with a focus on discretionary wealth management and family offices. But over recent years, we've moved more into the advisor space. So with clients such as Foster DeNovo, um, uh, one, one of our earlier financial advisor adopters
1: perfect well that's a great great place to jump in then Ian so thanks for joining us today uh, before we actually to start diving into some of the those checkpoints you mentioned earlier, taking a step back, what are some of the main problems that you see advisors and wealth managers experiencing when they're choosing to work with a wealth management platform partner
3: and I would imagine it's one of mass confusion um <laughs> and I think I said I, I've been in this game an awful an awful long time now um and you see, yeah, you know, some of the stuff that you see posted on on LinkedIn, in particular, where people are touting their wares, I just think it is incredibly confusing. Certainly, in, in the advisor space at the moment, we've got the the large incumbent retail platforms saying that things like white, you know, platform white labeling and advisors' platform how how they will never work and anyone doing it is doomed to failure. You've got some of the startups saying, "Oh my God, no! This is the only way to go." but put, just putting really confusing messages out there. Um, you know, we, I, I saw something the other day, obviously I'll, who, who, the, the provider will remain nameless, but just boasting about the number of software deployments they were doing every day. And they were trying to do 10 software deployments a I just think this is absolutely mad. You know, who, who on earth would want to be doing something like that? There's no way it can be tested properly. Is it doesn't mean the code's full of bugs. Does it doesn't mean it's got no, no existing features. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so there's such a a massive confusion out there uh e- even what people mean by the term platform um it means different things to different mm. people some people think it means just the software it's sitting on some people think it means you know the, the, the whole custodial plus software service mm. some people limit it limit it to the fca's definition which is incredibly unhelpful i platform is someone that provides platform services and it's just um <laughs> it, it's a mess um and i you know I, pity anyone really is trying to make sense of it such that they're about to make what what are very big decisions about the the custody the management uh, of clients assets the technological experience that's being provided to those clients you know under their name effectively it's um yeah it's it's a very very difficult position to be in i think
2: so let's try and 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 help with some of that confusion now then shall we ian as we would mentioned before, you've created this useful checklist. And I wonder then, could you give us a summary of the key checkpoints that you've included in that and, and, and why you think they're so important?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, there's, I'm sure other people can come up with their own lists as well, but it's things that we've found important over the years and that have been useful to the customers that, that have joined us. Um, you you really need to take a, dis, a dispassionate view of this and, and kind of move beyond the marketing guff. Um, and, and some of the key things that you should be looking at are things like the CAS reports. Um, you know, CAS is should be absolutely front and center of every everyone's mind when they're when they're looking at choosing a platform. Uh, everyone that's you know regulated to un, un, under the, the CAS regime has to have their um their service audited each year. Um and you know, these these reports are are dispassionate, they're by you know external auditors that that perform the the analysis of the uh, of the cast processes and the, any cast breaches etc. So the first thing you should be doing is asking to see those cast reports. Um, they you know they're not typically prepared with an external audience in mind. But if the provider won't share them, ask yourself why they won't share them. What it is what it what is it that they're, they're not willing to show you? I think on a, in, a, in a similar vein the. The the second of our checkpoints is the just an external controls report. These things are very onerous to provide. Again, you have an external auditor coming in. So this is a you know an AAF 120 or a, an ISAE 3402. Um, and the again, it's someone externally without an axe to grind, providing an object objective view over your controls and processes, whether it's running the regulated service, whether it's the technology that goes to support it. It's everything that that an external uh, prospect can read and think. Actually, yeah, I do trust these guys. To they do know what they're doing, and I think those those two reports they give you assurance that the, the business knows what they're doing. They're not the sexiest reports to read. They're not the most interesting. In fact, they're awfully tedious. Um, but you have to do it. It's and and that I say that gets you beyond that marketing guff. Um, and see, th- they can't be. Um, there's no spin applied to those reports, it, it is you know the, the raw details. This is actually what happens, and I think when you look at um, there's been a few well publicized cases this year around CAS. Um, obviously, there's, there's the wealth tech debacle which has been over all over the press where uh, the company I don't think they even had the the requisite CAS permissions to be offering a service, um, never mind not doing them properly. There's been a couple of other um, of our peers that have had in um restrictions imposed on them by the fca as well and when these things happen it's it's not just disruptive or destructive to those businesses but it impacts their clients in a massive way too because assets get tied up for months if not years um the rep the reputation of your firm is going to go through the floor if you've been associated with those providers so this really is something that you you, you can't skimp on this you've absolutely got to do this I think um, in a similar vein, I would talk, uh, I, I think the, the third point would be the stability of, of the provider you're talking to. Um, I think, you know, I probably mentioned in the intro that we, we're we a growing firm, but we're, we're growing profitably. Um, most of our peers are not. Um, a lot of them are just um, sinkholes for cash at the moment. And that's fine if you've got a backer with incredibly deep pockets that's going to, that's happy to continue um, supporting you. Um, but you need to be aware of that. If you're making that choice, you're making that decision based on an external party or a parent organization continuing to support that provider, uh, and that's not always going to be the case, of course. And I think the 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 other thing that's important to look at is whether the provider owns their own technology. Obviously, I would say this: we own our own technology, um, but it's there the are relatively few firms out there that do. Uh, certainly, none that have the depth of functionality that we've that we've built up over the years in both the wealth wealth and the advice spaces. But it's about being able to respond to changing market conditions. Um, the fact that we own our own software, that we operate our own software, that we have a whole bank of software-only clients as well, who are some of the larger wealth managers in in the country. So they're they're feeding back um, changes, change requests into our product, um, you know, throughout the year. We're developing those. We have a product committee that prioritizes and, and you know, assesses whether, whether there are appropriate changes, but we have that from the, the from the coal face among our existing software clients. We have it from our platform clients and we have it from our own internal platform operations team. So we're continually making efficiencies to the software. If you're with a provider that doesn't own their own software, they're going to have software provided by one of the big firms. I think we all know who they are, you know, GBSTs, FNZs, etc., Bravuras. Um, where are you in the pecking order when it comes to making changes to that software? Are you you're once removed from, from their supply chain? Um, and are you actually going to have your voice heard at, at the table of these big multinational organizations when it comes to making changes to the code? Uh, no matter how loudly you shout, I suggest you probably aren't. Uh, and if your voice is ever heard, it might be several years before you see those changes being reflected um in the product so I think owning our own software is, is important we also we uh, our principle is that if we can do something we'll do ourselves rather than buying in add-ins to the product um so for instance CGT we have our own CTT algorithms in the system um and we we actually demonstrate to the user can view how a particular CGT number was arrived at and uh, the pool different pool that were the assets were sold out of etc um, and that's that's all been built up over years. We have over a hundred um, staff members now, uh, many of whom are on the development side. Um, and um, so I think that's very very important. And then the final two points from from our checklist, our six, our six points, um, are, are actually very, very similar. Um, and it's you, you know you, you can read all these reports and look, look at look, look at the finances, look at the control reports, look at the tech. But then speak to people. And I think the, the two most important sets of people to speak to are existing clients of the service and the staff members who are processing the business. Uh, I think in a lot of um, sales situations, you probably get the dream team rolled out to, to pitch to you um, and perhaps don't see those people again. But just, you know, we, 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 have, we have a completely transparent approach to everything we do. We list all all of our clients who who, who consent to being listed um, are up on the website. We have 60-something clients in total. Um, They're not all up there, but all the ones that have consented to having their logos up there are there. Um, And 99% of our staff members have their pictures on our website as well. And we happily say, you know, you can call any of our clients. We'll make an introduction for you. Um, and we'll make an introduction to any of our staff as well. You can see who's running operations. You can chat to them. You can ask them about particular scenarios. Ask them about that that corporate action that happened a few weeks ago that everyone had problems with. And we'll we'll tell you how we processed it. Um, you know, we're we're not we're not shy about anything. We are completely transparent in everything we do. Uh, and you know, if you're if you're not speaking to existing clients of a, of a service, or if that provider can't provide you with references of people that are using their service again you've got to ask yourself why that would be the case um but but you know go in there have a chat have a have a proper in-depth conversation um because you'll regret it if you don't you really will i
2: love that as you say functionality is so important but it's service isn't it that's what it really
3: absolutely it's It's all about service honestly this is going to sound really nice Every, every time we, we we bring in a client services um employee, someone that's facing the clients. We send them out to RADA for a couple of days. In fact, we we add them all, so we, we send eight people at a time out to RADA. Uh,
2: Blimey, really? They
3: do, yeah. They do a two-day course on communications, presentations, building presence, and it's all about having confidence with the clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also get, they all get. Well, all the existing employees get tired of me saying this, but I tell them that you have to love our clients. We have to love yeah. our clients because if you don't love the clients, you know you're not going to care about the outcomes. Um, yeah. And so that's. You know we've we've actually just done a customer survey in the last few weeks, about about three or four weeks ago. Um we surveyed customers representing, I think, about 60% of our revenue, something like that. Uh, and we got um a, a net promoter score from them of plus 80, which is pretty much unheard of in this industry. Well, actually, completely unheard of in the platform space. Um, you know, we don't do any marketing. The we we we've never done any marketing. Um we it took us ages to even put a website up, um, but we all, all our new business comes in from referrals from existing customers, um, and you know they're all delighted to to recommend other people to come in and use and use the service. They all want they, they can all see we're growing. They all want us to continue growing because they want us to continue investing in the service. Um, yeah, so as I say, customer service uh, to me. It, it seems blind in the obvious, and this is so easy for our peers to replicate, but they don't, and I, I don't know why they don't do.
0: You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available, and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, at IFA Magazine.
1: We are rapidly running out of time today, but as you mentioned earlier, Third Financial has been operating since 2007. I wondered whether you think the next 15 years will see as much change there's been over the last 15 when it comes to wealth management software systems and tech ai that type of thing
3: yeah i mean i think i think it's um well it's a simple answer should we close this off now i think it's <laughs> with, with technology it's just accelerating isn't it uh i mean you know over the last 15 years it feels like my god what what a difference um mm-hmm. it, well you know yeah 15 years was that you know 2007 2008 yeah. it, even and just before it, it seems like all my lifetime, it's, it's been accelerating. Um, we, we were watching an episode of Bullseye the other night on, on some catch-up TV, and it just looks like another world, and that was only from, like, 1990, uh, and it just seems like it's the Dark yeah. Ages. Um but if you look in, in the last 15 years, yeah, there's obviously there's been changes, I think particularly around mobile apps, actually. Um, it's, it's just about having technology at your fingertips mm-hmm. the whole time, and people have moved away from, from the desktops, but desktop space in, in many ways. Um, I think in... The last couple of years, we, you know, there was there was all the hyper. I don't know three or four, maybe five years ago, about blockchain, um, and that didn't really materialise the way mm-hmm. that people said it was going to. But it is out there, uh, and I think there's every chance it will it will actually have more of an impact in the next 15 years than it has. Um, it it hasn't lived up to its its mo- most recent hype, but I think it will. I think it's coming, and I think there will be major services, m- major changes to the services we all rely on. I'm I'm old enough to remember the you know the the, the change in settlements from talisman to what chorus and, and and then crest materialization yeah and that yeah. seemed massive at the time yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if blockchain was was, was an equivalent change um, you know in the next ten to fifteen years on that front and mm. um, and you know distributed ledgers and I think tokenization of securities as well so you can have twenty four by seven trading um, token tokenized versions of securities. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the big thing that everyone's talking about, actually they were all talking about three or four months ago, it was artificial intelligence when, when chat GPT came out. It seems to have gone down a little bit more recently, but it's out there. We, we're doing a lot of work in it, um, incorporating it into our, our development uh, processes, um, into our help desk service, um, but also into our kind of cyber security mechanisms, et cetera. There's, there's all sorts of ways behind the scenes where we're looking at, at incorporating it. I think, A lot of the hype has been around the front end and the interface with clients. And I think that's less likely um, because I think certainly in the market we serve, which tends to be higher net worth individuals when we're not at the the very low level um, uh, of of client values. But people value, as with our service, people value human interaction. Um, And I think putting AI in place, yes, it's a tool there. It's a tool to help you support the conversations that you're having, but you're still gonna have those conversations. And that's what people are paying for. It's, it's, it's insight from a human being, not, not from a computer.
2: Oh, Thank you, Ian. That I think that you've really resonated with me there, uh, that technology is an enabler. Of course it is, but yes. the human interface is so powerful. We're dealing with people and it's very much building trusted relationships with those individuals, whether it's from the advisor to the client or from third-party providers with the advisors in there for onto the client but it's all about building trust isn't it and being efficient and doing what you say you're going to do absolutely so, thank you very much for joining us today it's been great to have a chat with you and uh, hopefully now you'll keep going from strength to strength and, my uh, pleasure come back and talk to us again absolutely
3: field. if invited thank you very much
2: <laughs> thank you ian and thanks to all our listeners we hope that you found that interesting. And obviously, there's plenty more information on the Third Financial website.
0: IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.